Welcome, and thank you for joining the Society for Clinical Research Sites for SCRS Talks. I'm Jimmy Bechtel, SCRS's Vice President of Site Engagement. SCRS Talks allows our partners and those we work closely with to take a few minutes to address issues of industry concern as well as current events. In this installment, we're going to have Diana Foster, SCRS's Vice President of Special Projects and Strategy, answer a few questions about SCRS's diversity program and the new DSAT. Let's take a moment to welcome Diana. Diana, welcome, and thank you for being here with us today. We're excited to have you. Thank you, Jimmy. My pleasure. Diana, uh, I'd like to start things off with just a brief introduction about the SCRS Diversity Program. What is that program um, about in, in, in a nutshell? Sure. It's a really actually a very exciting time, as we all know, in the area of the expansion of diverse and inclusive populations in clinical trials. We're really on the cusp of what I would consider to be, and I think many others do as well, a movement in, in this, in this uh, realm. Actually, back in 2016, SCRS began more focused diversity efforts. This has been an issue that's been around in our clinical trials um, realm for many, many years. However, the focus certainly has become more um, specific over the last two years, um, and indeed. So in 2016, we were approached by Merck Pharmaceutical at that time to form an initiative that was aimed and geared at the better understanding of the site's perspective on diverse enrollment in clinical trials. That project has taken off over the years to come, come to fruition in terms of quite a significant amount of research that's been done in the area of uh, perception and understanding of research sites in the area of diverse inclusion. We've uh, completed research over the last four and a half years on an instrument called the diversity site assessment tool to help sites better understand their position and their knowledge and understanding related to this area. And in addition to a number of um, robust different uh, activities and calls to action in this area, such as webinar series, um, presentations around the globe to try to better equate sites and help sites develop their understanding of diversity, me developing messaging for sites to help them to begin goal setting and planning in the area of, uh, again, of enrollment of diverse populations. Excellent, Diana. It's It's been really interesting. It's been quite the journey, as you had mentioned, for the diversity program and some of the tools and the great programming that you all have put together. It's, it's been really rewarding to watch um, SCRS under your leadership spearhead a lot of the diversity um, concepts that are within our industry. So I'd, getting into that DSAT tool a little bit, Diana, how how did, how did the, the diversity program come in to developing a tool like the DSAT, the Diversity Site Assessment Tool? So Jimmy, sure, this is a 25 item survey designed and tailored specifically for the research site in, in every different capacity, whether the research site is freestanding, private practice, hospital-based, academic-based, it's it's the, the um, intent is that the tool is available, usable, and makes sense. And is it has also been found to have reliability and validity through four different studies now that we've performed, as I said, since 2016, to create such an, an instrument or tool as it's called. And ultimately it is a, 
a survey that has been digitalized and is currently available. If you go to our diversity um, area within the SCRS website, you'll find all these publications supporting the tool. You'll find the tool itself. It's open to not just our membership, but to industry as a whole. So the thinking behind this, Jimmy, was that it was important for us to not just begin developing resources and making assumptions for on behalf of sites that we should really very clearly understand the needs of sites and where there were areas for development and improvement in a way that was validated. So not just assuming we're gonna ask 25 questions, but what those questions should be and the content behind them. And we've gone through this series of, of research projects, as I said, to get to a point where we have just digitally launched this tool back in um, January and published our final paper in October of last year. You can find that paper on the, in the SCRS publications, in our journals and on our newsletters and on our website. So um, if, did you have uh, their further explanation of the, the tool itself? Did that have some clarity for you there? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, it sounds really interesting, right? And, and something of value. But I'd, I'd like to you, for you to talk a little bit about that value, um, specifically for the sites, Diana. I think it's apparent to many of our listeners, but what is this, what specifically do sites get out of this tool, right? What is the value for them in um, participating in, I guess, uh, taking this assessment? Yeah, the, I think it's, it's multifaceted and we're finding honestly every, every week that there's an, um, another element in terms of how this tool can be used and how sponsors, CROs and sites are viewing uh, the, the value of this instrument, whether it is for site feasibility or just developing an expert panel of sites, for example, that seem to have more knowledge and diversity. It, they're, they're, I think it's going to really be applicable in a, in a variety of different, different ways. But for the sites specifically, it's, this is not a new concept, as I said earlier, but is a, a developing and evolving concept for the site. To date, we've had guidance by FDA, but not mandates in this area. Our sponsors are still not uh, necessarily dictating or mandating the type of diverse population that must be enrolled in a trial, the number of patients, for example, that must be enrolled in a trial. But we believe more of this will be forthcoming and there will be more specific guidance at every level. So at, for SCRS and our mission in supporting sites growth and sustainability, it's, it's pivotal right now in, in, um, that we help sites to be able to understand this concept and to be able to ideally sit down and sit, spend 10 minutes taking this site assessment. At the end of the survey, the sites will be able to have a cumulative score that they take away that will rank them in areas of proficiency from a lower proficiency to highest proficiency as a result of that cumulative score. It should not be seen as a threatening <laughs> instrument or tool to the sites in that if you receive a low score, that means you're not qualified to participate in a study, for example, that has diverse implications. What that means and what we are clearly hearing sponsors articulate is that that scoring um, capacity will allow them to help develop resources, training, place sites um, either further up um, 
the chain just in terms of jumping right in and being able to div uh, recruit diverse populations versus needing support, training, and education. So it's a very positive element for, for sites to consider um, taking taking time to look at the tool, answer the tool, and provide their, their assessment data it can either just be, it can be identified with the site or de-identified. So the data goes into an aggregate pool that helps us to um, eventually analyze that data further on behalf of all sites, or a site can hold that information completely confidential. That's great, Diana. I think that's a really important point, right, for sites to focus in on is that you consider this first and foremost a learning and development tool for your own practices. Um, and there's other, I think uh, you mentioned some fantastic um, additional benefits, but first and foremost, this should be a tool that you use as a site to help you understand where you sit when it comes to re recruiting diverse patient populations. So thank you for um, emphasizing that important point. Uh, and I'd contrast your answer here with what sites can get out of it with what about our industry partners you know the the, the equal equal players in the relationship of a clinical trial what do they get out of this diversity site assessment tool or, or what what can where can they find value sure um, we've had SCRS is currently collaborating with many industry-based um, constituencies in in this area whether it's um pharmaceutical companies, CROs, advocacy groups, special interest groups, um, the pharma, uh, the pharma industry group, et cetera, that have are, are folks zeroing in and focusing on how they can develop strategy to respond to this important need. So what is the collaborations and the availability of SCRS? and the work we've been doing to all those constituents, I think um, it's fair to say, we've been very pivotal in the discussions. The discussions are numerous weekly, we um, almost daily, we have new opportunities to discuss this, this with industry on behalf of the research sites. There are many working groups that have been established through organizations like um, CISCRIPT, that many of you are familiar with and others that are allowing us to explore this question in a way that the call to action will move the needle. Some say we're tired of talking about over the years, the barriers to the enrollment of diverse populations in clinical trials. We've moved beyond the understanding and knowledge that there are barriers. It's now we're in the, we're in the mode um, and we're in the movement of moving that needle and developing strategy and creative new ideas, whether it's a, a pop-up clinic in an inner city area, or whether it is um, you know, tr just training sites, feet on the ground, or, or beginning to develop sites that are naive to clinical research in regard to um, very specifically having access, for example, in the communities to diverse populations and grooming them to do clinical research. So it is truly uh, a time of passion and excitement and growth, and industry is a part of all of this. So I think the work that we're doing, particularly with our, our DSAT, is we're uh, contributing significantly to industries thinking along the site assessment piece. We also just published a paper in uh, Applied to Clinical Trials in June, 
where for the first time we were able to dissect and analyze some of the data that we have collected from the around 1000 sites currently that have answered the survey. And so we had a, a sample population where we were able to look at areas of importance that rose to the surface immediately that um, some very simple and some more complex where sites are lacking information. Um, and we wanted um, on how they can develop their diverse enrollment planning and where they um, need growth immediately. And we've provided that information very openly, all of it to industry and want to share it in any way that we can. So that publication again is in applied clinical trials and also um, uh, on the SCRS website. Thanks, Diana. And, and that's one of many different resources that the, the diversity program, I wanna make sure that's clear to our listeners has published and produced that remains on our website since the inception of the program in 2016. So again, one of many um, tremendously valuable insights into recruiting and retaining diverse patient populations that SCRS and the diversity program have been able to um, provide to the industry. So thank you for highlighting some of those and, and what our industry partners can do um, with the, the information from the DSAT and the diversity program. So I'd like to talk a little bit about the future, Diana. Now that the tool is live and really any site has the option to participate in it, um, what do you envision for the future of this tool um, or its outcomes? Um, well, I think that the future of the tool is certainly um, important as it becomes more there's a heightened awareness that it's out there and it's available and that sites are, we're at our meeting, upcoming summit meeting, we're, we're truly going to have some exciting engagements. Uh, we have several different sessions where we'll be talking about our overall initiative and messaging to sites, the importance here and um, heightening their understanding, not only of the tool, but the work that the industry as a whole is doing, not just SCRS. So I believe the future of this will be that it will be the gold standard for industry in developing um, uh, an understanding of, of a site uh, being able to assess their particular level of knowledge and where they need improvements. I think it will be a benchmark. It will be a benchmark for um, industry. They will be requiring or they will be asking site their sites as part of the feasibility process to complete the instrument. Um, and I think the, so the important part again is going to be sure that we message this to sites that this is an opportunity for growth and improvement and, and taking on more trials that have diverse um, opportunities. So it's an expansion and growth overall for the research site. Absolutely, Diana, super valuable takeaways here from where this tool is going. I, for one, am excited about the future of what we can do with information around uh, what comes out of the DSAT tool. So, so thank you. So Diana, as we close um, and we, we can, you know, begin to conclude our, our discussion here, I want to thank you for the valuable insights around what we've been able to do in the diversity program and your leadership in this producing some of those publications you mentioned, as well as the robust information that we can get from the DSAT tool. But I'd like, uh, I'd like you to leave us with a message for our listeners who might be interested in the DSAT tool or um, the diversity program as a whole at SDRS. Sure, I'd be happy to do that. Thank you. Um, I, I think we've, we've, we've spoken quite extensively this morning and uh, on the importance of the, the instrument itself, but I think to move 
forward beyond that being one, you know, one piece of work we've done that the, just the, the, the critical nature of the, and the, ex, the excitement around the development of new initiatives where the research sites will, I think, most definitely need to be open to new models of approaching, addressing, and reaching diverse populations. It's going to be a part of our day-to-day -day work. It is no different than some 20 years ago when the first really, the first um, introduction of patient recruitment as a centralized process for sites was taken, uh, was, was embraced. We couldn't get enough of the idea that uh, there was a way to organize our thinking and our planning around centralized recruitment activities. And at first sites were somewhat reluctant. And um, I can recall because at that time I was the owner of a research site and we were a bit reluctant about what does it mean to have certain services supported for us and managed around enrolling our patients at our site. And we learned over the years to, um, we were certainly uh, all now it's it's commonplace day to day hundreds of recruitment support services out there for sites and diversity to a certain degree is an explosion of the the, the same kind of a the concept of sites opening their arms and in industry getting their arms around the concept of how do we now that will the future will hold how do we how do we develop specific strategy and to move that needle forward and work together to change the direction of the minimal numbers of patients of, of diverse backgrounds that are currently enrolled in clinical trials and see that change in, in the near future, not in the long term, but in the near future. So our, our instrument is but one um, element of direction and all the activity around the, the diversity concept is, it's just, it, it is an explosion of activity that is going to definitely change the dynamic and the way we approach clinical research as a whole, I believe. Such a fantastic way to leave things, Diana. Uh, I, I conclude that your, I, I draw the same conclusion as you do when it comes to diversity in our clinical trials. It truly has been an explosion in the need and the assessment um, and the desire for us to recruit diverse patient populations, really with the ultimate goal, as you had alluded to, meeting the need of this population when it comes to their medical care. So thank you um, for your time today. Uh, for those of us listening in, make sure that you register for that upcoming uh, summit that Diana had mentioned taking place down in Hollywood, Florida, October 1st through the 3rd. You can do so at sitesolutionsummit.com. Also want to make sure that everyone is aware of the diversity program can be accessed through myscrs.org under the diversity tab. Um, as well as our publications that regularly feature content from our diversity program, including our committee members. Um, we appreciate your participation in today's program and look forward to having you join us for more great content. Thanks for listening. And Diana, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for having me.